Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. I want to get quickly into the word of God and I want to ask you this. What is the biggest thing you've ever done? If someone asked you what the biggest thing you've ever done in your life is, what would you say? Maybe you would say, oh, something like, ah, I built my first house at 30. Now that would be quite a feat. Or maybe you say, I carried out a project that helped people. I hope you can say something like that. I carried out a project that helped people. Or I sponsored myself through school. I didn't have any help. Now that's great and that's audacious. But when you ask God, God, what is the biggest thing you've ever done? What do you think he's going to say? You know, some people look at the creation of the earth and they are, they are in awe and you should be. Have you ever, you know, maybe you were flying in a plane and you just looked below and you're like, God is so great. Or maybe it was just a cloud. It just came out one bright morning and you saw, you know, the clouds and you were like, God is so great. Or it was the stars at night. You know, like the popular hymn says, oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider the works that you have made, I see the stars. I hear the roaring thunder, your power throughout the universe displayed. And listen, this is very biblical. The Bible says that in Romans 1, 20, 21, you know, that's the power of God displayed. The evidence of the divine in creation. He has left us without excuse that there is a divine power because of his creation. And that's powerful. And so you examine the creation and you're, you're like, God is great. Like, God, you did this. Wow, I'm in awe. You consider the, the earth hanging without a foundation. If you are a scientist, you know that that's incredible. If you know that's an architectural masterpiece, something this big. Let me tell you something, just in case you have not thought about this. We are all hanging in space. We are all hanging in space. If there is no God, be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> Not only are we hanging in space, the earth is revolving and rotating at the same time. You know, you can stand on one spot and rotate in your own orbit. Then to rotate and still be going in a circle whilst you're at it. Now that's incredible. Something this huge, rotating so fast in thousands of kilometers. If you've ever been in a vehicle moving at 100 kilometers per hour, you know how fast that is. The earth is rotating in thousands of kilometers per hour. That's incredible speed. And God is doing all of that effortlessly. You know, the funny thing is, he's not even holding anything. He just spoke at the beginning and his word has been enough to sustain these incredible, wondrous works until the end. Think about that. Think about the sun. If you're a student of physics, just imagine 
how much fuel would you need to create your own son? How much fuel? If you want, just imagine you wanted to, were meant to power the sun with diesel. <laughs> how, much, how much fuel will you need? And to do it from the beginning of time till now. What would you need to consume, to combust, to have that amount of heat? Oh, God is great. But then you're like, you realize, as wonderful as all of this is, it's going to pass away. That beautiful mountain that you saw the last time you traveled is going to pass away. That beautiful ocean is going to pass away. All the beautiful things that you admire in this world, they're going to pass away. And so they cannot be the greatest thing that God has ever done. The good news is that hymn has a second verse. It didn't just stop with, oh, the power throughout the universe display talking about the sun, the, you know, the roaring, rolling thunder. The second verse says, and when I think of God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sins, then sings my soul. I think that verse should be more popular because as great as the splendor of God in creation is, you know what is greater? Like the writer says, I think of God, his son not sparing. The fact that he didn't spare his son for our sake. Sent him to die. He said, I scarce can take it in. I just can't take it in. All the wonder of the matchless love of Christ. He sent his son to die. I scarce can take it in. Now that's something to sing about. To say, then sings my soul. My Savior God to thee. How great you are. Thank God for the wonders of the creation. But I tell you something that is greater. The fact that he gave his son to die. You know the Bible says in Revelation chapter 5. John speaking, he says, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a scroll written inside and outside. And with, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to lose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. The Bible says, so I wept. I wept so much because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. He says, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to lose the seven seals. And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders stood the lamb. As though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent upon the earth. And you know what they began to sing? Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and honor and glory. He has purchased men for God. Worthy. That's the song of heaven. When they're singing, then sings my soul in heaven. They have bigger priorities than how wonderful the sun looks and how wonderful the oceans are and how wonderful the mountains are. And they are wonderful. 
But the greater fascination of heaven is this. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. So if you ask the question, what is the greatest thing God ever did? Well, the giving of his son is great. But then again, you come to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14. And this is, this is, this is, this is explosive what, what Paul says. He says, and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. <laughs> and your faith also is empty. Look at that. If Christ is not risen, our preaching is... We have, we have no message. Listen, our message is the message of the resurrection of Christ and the efficacy thereof. That's what they were sent to be witnesses of. So, so he says, if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Look at verse 17, verse 17, 1 Corinthians 15. He says, and if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. Think about that. Your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Oh, but I thought that the death of Jesus washed away my sins. Yes, but the resurrection made it efficacious. If he did not rise, it wouldn't matter that he died. You have to understand this. That's what the Bible teaches. You cannot cash in on the benefits of his death if he did not rise. He says, if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. So thank God for the wonders of, the, of God manifest in nature. Thank God that he sent his son to die. But even more, thank God that on the third day he rose again. You know what? Our faith is hinged. Not just the, on the death of Jesus, but more importantly, on the resurrection. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God did what? Raised him from the dead. Our confession is on the resurrection of Jesus. It says you will be saved. What faith brings salvation? Faith in the resurrection. Thank God that he died, but his death was a means to an end. He died so that he could rise. If I ask you, what is the greatest thing God ever did? You see, he raised Jesus from the dead. Now that's great. And that's incredible. He raised Jesus. Do you know the amount of power it took to raise Jesus from the dead? I assure you, all of hell was bent on making sure that Jesus did not rise from the dead. But he did. It took great power. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the spectacle of all creation. And that's great. What is the greatest thing God ever did? You say, he raised Jesus from the dead. Still yet something to consider. You know what the Bible says? In Acts chapter 2, after Peter had done an apology about Jesus being the Messiah, his death, his resurrection, he said in verse 32, Acts 2, 32, he said, Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, as great as the resurrection was, the resurrection was not the promise. It was yet a means to an end. Having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which
which you now see and hear. He poured out this which you now see and hear. Why did he come? So that he would die. Why did he die? So that he would rise again. Why did he rise again? So that he can receive of the Father. The promise of the Holy Spirit. He says, he being at the right hand of God exalted. And having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out. So the Holy Spirit is the promise. Now, don't let the linguistic construction confuse you. The promise of the Holy Spirit is not the Holy Spirit that gave the promise. The, prom the promise is the Holy Spirit. So, better construction, the Holy Spirit that was promised. Look at Ephesians 1.13. Ephesians 1.13. It says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So the promise was the Holy Spirit. So, listen. The Holy Spirit made the death of Jesus worth it. He told the disciples, he said, if I don't go, the comforter will not come. <laughs> oh, oh, you're sad I'm going? Think about it this way. If I don't go, the comforter will not come. So yes, the death of Jesus was important. Yes, the resurrection of Jesus was important. Yes, the ascension of Jesus was important. But after he had sat down at the right hand of the Father, he gave us his spirit. I can tell you this for sure. The greatest thing God ever did is giving you his spirit. That's the greatest thing God ever did. All redemptive truth is present in that simple statement. He gave us his, his spirit. Did you hear what I said? All redemptive truth is present in that simple statement. He gave us his spirit. You know what Paul said his message is? In Colossians chapter 1 from verse 25. He said of which, Colossians 1 25, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God. So he's talking about the stewardship of God. This is what I have received of God to deliver to you according to the stewardship of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The mystery which had been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. Verse 27, to them God will to make known the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. He talks about the mystery. You know what mystery means? You know, it's a derivative from a word, a Hebrew word, meo, M-U-O, however you try to pronounce it before you sound like a cat. <laughs> you know, but the point is that Hebrew word means to shut your mouth. Like when you're about to spill a secret and someone shuts your mouth. Has someone done that to you before? So literally, 
from the beginning of the creation till now, God had a secret. God had a plan. God had an agenda. From the beginning, he created the suns. He created the, the, the sun, the moon, the stars, and everything. But he had something better coming. He created man. He had something better coming. He sent Jesus. He had something better coming. The promise was the spirit. And he said, this secret that, you know, I mean, the prophets, their mouths were shut. They couldn't utter. From the foundation of the world is revealed in this. Christ in you. What is Christ in you? That's the Holy Ghost residing in you. The greatest thing God ever did. I said all that to say this. You must recognize the importance of this Holy Spirit. Can I tell you something? If you don't recognize the importance of this Spirit... You can't take advantage of it. You see, we are like children. When a child is born, you know, he's enjoying the company of his parents. And then one day, the child doesn't know what is happening, but he's made to wear some clothes that are different from his normal house clothes. It's a uniform. And they put the child in the vehicle and take the child to school. When they drop the child, the child will cry. Will cry. Why is mommy leaving me? Why is daddy leaving me? But guess what? If the children are left to be old enough to realize that they need education, too much time would have been passed. So the parents take initiative. Knowing that in future, the children will recognize the value of what the parents did. And that's why some of you, even though you were forced to go to school at the early stages of your life, after you went to school, maybe you were done. Some of you paid money by yourself to learn some extra courses. Maybe a professional program or even paid your way through a master's program. John chapter 14 verse 20. It says, Jesus is speaking. Pay attention to this. He's talking about the dispensation of the Holy Spirit and what that will mean to us. He said, at that day... You will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Look, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. May you never lose the wonder of this text. He says that that day, the day of salvation, the advent of the Spirit, when the Spirit of God, God comes to reside in you, He says you will know that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. I like the fact that He says, I am in my Father. What a, what, what a mindset. I am in my father. He says, you in me and I in you. By the Holy Spirit, we have been made to identify with the Godhead. Do you know what that means? We have been made to identify. Do you know what it means? That everywhere you go, God goes. Do you know what that means? He said he is in the father. The Bible says, the fullness of Godhead dwells in Christ bodily. And now he says, he is in the Father. The Father is in, he says, and you in me and I in you. Meaning, the Godhead tabernacles in you by the Holy Spirit. Listen, there is no greater concept in the world. Christ in you. He says, that's the greatest concept in the world. Listen, you need to appreciate this spirit that you have received. And that's what I want to help you do in the next few minutes that I have. 
You see, it will be the greatest disservice to your world to have this Holy Spirit and be ineffective. You can't do that. You can't do that. We have to embrace this opportunity, this privilege that we have. Make it count. You know, as I've said it a thousand times. I'll say it a million times more. Even the Christians who have not exploited the power of the Holy Spirit, when they die, it is that Holy Spirit that will raise them up. So you have dead raising power residing in you. You believe in the afterlife. And how is that afterlife going to come to be? By the spirit that dwells in you. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, Romans 8, 11 says, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by the spirit that dwells in you. That spirit that dwells in you will raise you up back to life when you die. So if you have dead raising power in you, let's see some signs, brother. Let's see some signs, sister. We want to see the fingerprints of divinity around you. It ought to be evident. This is so crucial. So now, look at Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. Oh, we're getting into the heart of the sermon. The theme of the sermon is overflow, overflow, overflow. Ephesians 5 18. It says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Listen, you know, a lot of people sing songs like, Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. You know what? Uh, songs like that. But you've received the Spirit of God, and now it's your responsibility. It's not a prayer, it's an instruction to be filled of the Spirit. It's an instruction. He says, do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess. Just imagine somebody trying to be drunk. Nobody listening to me should try that. But the cup is on the table and is singing. Um, I want to be drunk, drunk, drunk with wine. You know, you're going to look at him and be like, what's wrong with you? If you want to drink wine, pour some in the cup and drink it up. So in the same vein, he says... You should have the same mentality as it pertains to the Spirit. Be filled! If you want to be filled with the Spirit, there is something you can do about it. Do something about it. Take some! <laughs> he resides in you. Scoop some out. Drink some in. Take what from within. Put upon. Unlike the Old Testament, the, the, the reason the Spirit had to come upon um, Samuel and come upon Samson and come upon them was because the Spirit was not within. But the Spirit upon now comes from within. You have to understand this. So you can be filled with the Spirit. You can. This is so important. What do you think it means by be filled? What do you think it means by that? What do you think that word means? It's talking about a strong influence. A strong influence that overcomes your mind, overcomes your will. You know, something discernible. You are not filled with anything that is not discernible. If it's not discernible, you are not filled with it. So this is the consciousness you must have as it pertains to the Spirit. We're not just talking about, oh, I have some, some evidence of the Spirit. He's talking about being full. The theme is overflow, okay? 
You see, that same word was used in Luke chapter 6, verse 11. You know, it can be used both in a positive and negative light. You know, in Luke chapter 6, verse 11, the Bible says, And they were filled with madness <laughs> and communed one with another that what they might, might do to Jesus. So they were so angry with Jesus, the Bible says they were filled with madness. Like there was a staring in anger. Has someone ever stared you to anger? Someone is stepping on, is, is stepping on your last nerve, your last nerve, stepping on it. All right. So now, when you know it's over the top, your, your back is against the wall, now you're filled. All right. With anger. Hopefully, that's not you. You have a spirit controlled temperament. Amen. You know, but that's just an example. He says, be filled with the spirit. I love the powerful analogy Pastor Mayawa used once. You know, he, he's, he asked a question. He said, how do people get drunk? Do you just take one sip and you're drunk? No. And that's what happens to many people in their devotion. They just pray in bits, bits and pieces of devotion here and there. It won't get the job done. So when you see someone, hopefully you don't know anybody like that, who is drunk, he will sit and continue to drink, continue to drink, continue to drink. The influence, you know, there are levels to this thing. First, you say the person is tipsy. <laughs> All right. It, 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 has, it has started to kick in little by little. But then he says, give me another bottle. <laughs> and he continues and it continues until the wine takes over him. You know what? When someone is drinking and driving in the U.S., if they pull you over and they test you and they see that you were drunk, what, what do they call it? They call it driving under influence. Just think about that time. You were driving, but it was not you. <laughs> Something had taken over you. You were under influence. The Bible says that that should be your experience with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So you can be walking, but you're under influence. You can be walking in your office, but you're under influence. You can be going about your daily activities, but you're under influence. The Bible says, be filled with the Spirit. Come under the influence of the Spirit. Come under the influence. Stay yourself up until He overpowers your will. Overpowers your will. The same reason they say don't dr drink and drive. Because th that wine would take over your presence of mind. Has the Holy Spirit ever had such a grip on you? You know, we belong to such a lazy generation. Lazy. They read, you know, indomie generation. Too many prayer life. Too many study life. And then they want the same results that some other people have, you know, you pray for two seconds, you try what the word of God says, then you say it did not work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. The Bible says, be filled with the spirit. Come under the influence. Hallelujah. L-U-I, living under influence. Hallelujah. Live under the influence. Live under the influence. Your own D-U-I is not wine. It's the spirit. You can drive under the influence. As you're driving to walk, you are praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You can walk under the influence. You can function in your marriage under the influence. You can live under the influence of the spirit. He says, be filled. Be filled. That's an instruction to, over, to obey. So the theme is overflow. 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 
The Bible says, let your life be influenced and controlled and ruled by the Holy Ghost. You know, many times when people are drunk, they try to hide it. But it will only be a matter of time. It will be clear. <laughs> Depending on the level of the intoxication. You know, I remember my wife and I were at a wedding. And this young fellow, in his mind, I think he, was, he thought he was at home. So he went to the center of the car park, removed his trouser, and started to urinate. <laughs> you know, if someone took that picture and sent it to him, he would be so embarrassed. Because in his mind, he had entered his house, he had driven home, entered his house, went to the loo, opened the door, you know, and was helping himself. But he was at the center of the road. I remember at my camp meeting, you know, one, one young man, he was so intoxicated, he took off his clothes. And because we had been marching, doing a lot of march pass, he was marching. <laughs> Even though his march was sideways. <laughs> you know, the soldiers had to carry him and by the time they lit him left and right, his eyes, his consciousness was restored. You understand? But the thing is, a lot of drunk people always try to pretend like they have it together. And they're like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Because it's discernible. Remember Acts 2.33 that we read? Paul was giving a defense of the infilling of the spirit. He was explaining to them that these guys are not drunk. It's just the spirit. He says he has shared for this which you see and hear. So in the infilling of the spirit, there is something to see and there is something to hear. It's not just in, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's in the evidence of mannerism. There is a mannerism to it. When they're full of the spirit, people ought to know. <laughs> There's a mannerism to it. This is so important. And so in Acts chapter 6, the leaders of the church, they want to appoint new leaders. And they do something. They tell the congregation, look you from amongst you, men full of the spirit, to appoint over this business. Do you know this can be done in the local church? Even though in celebration church, you have to appoint everybody, you know. <laughs> but the fact that you can say, look from amongst you, people full of the spirit. There is no thermometer to put under the armpits and check your temperature, temperature in the Lord. That, ah! Prayer life is red hot. No, no. You descend with your eyes. Just the same way there are some things you see, some behavioral patterns you see. In someone and you know the person is full of wine you can know someone is full of the spirit all right so stop you're not in the secret service you know so you know a pastor asked a church member he said are you in the lord's army he said yes i am pastor and the pastor said but i never see you in church he said i'm in the secret service because you see even every army has a secret service so i'm in the secret service but there is no secret service in the lord if you are full of the spirit people ought to know so whenever, you know, you're in church and the song is being sung, the worship is being sung, don't just stay there and stand as if, you, you know, you're more important than everybody, including the Lord. All right? You need to respond. 
you need to respond. If you are full of the Spirit, people will know. Like in Acts 10, you know, you know, like in Luke chapter 10, the Bible says that Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. Listen, there was no beat playing, no music playing. Think of how awkward it might have seemed. You were talking with people, the next thing, you just did a 360. I thank you, O Father. What an image that would have been. What an impression that would have been. Hallelujah. If you are full of the Spirit, people are going to know. How do you get full of the Spirit? First, you're going to have to renew your mind. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, acceptable and perfect will of God. All right? You're going to have to renew your mind if you're going to be full of the Spirit. You are going to have to reject the concept of mediocre Christianity. You know, this idea that, you know, you can do it your own way. You don't have to jump, even though Jesus jumped. I just told you an example. You know, you know, the Bible says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, John 7, 37, Jesus stood and cried with a loud voice. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. If you wonder why I shout sometimes when I'm preaching, I learned it from Jesus. I'm let it, I learned it from Jesus. And you think it is so strange until you catch yourself shouting when your team scores. It is not rehearsed. When you are saying something you are passionate about, your tone will increase. It's normal. It's normal. So if my shouting annoys you, the, the problem is you. The problem is not shouting. Because if you were shouting for football, nobody would think you are crazy. I'm shouting for Jesus because that's what I'm passionate about. The problem is you. The problem is you. If you can kneel to propose for a lady, which I also did and is nice, but you've never knelt in worship, the problem is you. If tradition can make you lie prostrate in a traditional wedding, but you've never laid prostrate in worship, the problem is you. You have to renew your mind. You are too cool. To be of any use to the kingdom, some of you, too cool. So cool, God can, can't use you. You have to jettison that carnal idea. Be expressive. Can I tell you something? Let it be something you are proud of. Identify with God openly. Identify with him. Take a stand. Because if you are embarrassed... You can't please God and, and please man at the same time. If you're too embarrassed, you listen, the, the anointing only works for the free. You have to learn to lose yourself, to free yourself. <laughs> if you're too conscious, God is trying to touch you. You're like, what am I wearing? You know, if you're too conscious, you're going to stop the flow of the spirit. So you're, you're going to have to renew your mind. It starts from the mind. Start from the mind. I wish I had more time to talk about this. Jettison carnal ideas. There are some things that are so popular in our day, but are not the word of God. And the church is so particular about looking nice to the world that we are, we are, we are disobeying the word of God. Hallelujah. Walking in love is different from being a hypocrite. You have to understand this. Take a stand boldly. 
And if they hate you for it, welcome to the club. They hated Jesus. They killed Jesus. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. It doesn't matter how much this sermon stares you. If you're not ready to be free and to follow the Lord, you will not be filled with the Spirit. Can I tell you something? A person who is drunk in wine, he doesn't care. He loses care. If you are full of the Spirit, you won't be as careful. You won't be as careful. Maybe David was over the top, but there is something in there where, you know, some of you, these things I'm saying, you used to do it before. Then you started making money. You, now you have a reputation. And now you come to a gathering, you can't even kneel. You can't even cry. You can't even raise your voice. You are cool. David, who used to be a shepherd boy, became the king. And now Miriam, you know, um, um, Saul's daughter was, was going to say, look at how you just embarrassed yourself. A whole king. Look at how you were dancing. And that was the first sob in the world. David said, God chose me to replace your daddy. <laughs> he said, I will yet be more vile. He said, I will embarrass you more. I will embarrass you more. <laughs> I will yet be more vile. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You have to learn to be free. Be expressive. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? When it comes to renewing your mind, it's so important. Because can I tell you something? If you'll be filled with the Spirit, you will have to put truth over feeling. If you always go by your feeling, oh, I'm not full of the Spirit. How do you know? I don't feel it. You will never be full of the Spirit. You have to first embrace it as a truth in God. Oh, I'm full of the Spirit. I, I, I'm, I'm full of the Spirit. It's, it's a knowledge first before it's an encounter. I'm full of the Spirit. From the crown of my head to the sole of my feet, full of the Spirit. Oh, full of the Spirit. So full of power. Oh, the Godhead resides in me. The Holy Ghost resides in me. I'm full of the Spirit. Mantoro tekiba. I'm full of the Spirit. And with truth, you direct your feelings. With truth, you direct your feelings. So it comes by the renewing of your mind. Can I tell you something? Many of you, the devil wastes your devotion time because he makes you spend what should have been a devotion time thinking about how poorly you are performing in your devotion. Let me give you a principle that will change your life. Every time the thoughts of how much better you should be doing in your devotion comes to your mind just worship him just worship God and say oh thank you father you, you have to learn to talk and say you died for me you rose again the third day I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world I'm full of your spirit just learn to talk beyond having a place of prayer going there to pray you have to learn to talk in your daily life. You have to learn to respond to those thoughts as they come with the word of God. Can I tell you something? If you are going to be overflowing with the presence of God, you're going to have to be a talker. <laughs> you're going to have to be a talker in your daily life. 
as you're driving after you've spoken to people jesus did it a lot of times he's talking to people he takes a moment to talk to god so he's talking to the disciples and then he lifts his head to heaven and he says father glorify your name and god responds i have glorified it and i will yet glorify it that's how to have a relationship you are conscious both of horizontal relationships and vertical relationship so as you're talking with people some people say oh i was so busy i didn't have time to enter a room to be all by myself or maybe i'm in a place where i don't have a room to myself learn to talk on the go oh you dwell in me i'm full of your spirit i'm full of your grace i'm full of power i'm full of the holy ghost i'll never be empty hey my cup is full and running over i'm full of the spirit i'm full of power i'm full of grace i'm strong in faith giving glory to god the grace of my life is on the increase i can never be stopped i can never be hindered glory to god i'm full i'm full i'm full talk bold nobody can talk for you one way we know you are full of the spirit is by the words that you speak talk big talk about his grace i want to give you a few minutes to do that right now begin to talk right now talk talk greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world oh i'm conscious of he that dwells in me i'm conscious i'm conscious i'm conscious what i carry is bigger than everything that surrounds me what i carry made everything that surrounds me hey greater 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 i'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than i know on the outside hey everything that i need for my future is within me everything that i need for my future is within me i walk full of provision <laughs> i cannot be stranded i cannot be stranded i cannot be hindered i'm full of the spirit yeah, full of the spirit yeah, hey, hey, full of the spirit Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7000. Blessings.